truck and load. This is Steve Dace. The Steve Dace Show. And greetings. Thanks for tuning in here today on a Wednesday. I am Steve Dace, Todd Herzen and Aaron McIntyre. They're here with me as well here on Blaze TV radio and podcast. 888-900-3393 is the number. That's 888-900-3393. You can also let us know what you think about what we think via the stevedace.com inbox. Try that by emailing emailing the program. Steve at stevedace.com, D-E-A-C-E. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show. Typical Wednesday order of business around here. Our weekly profit of woe and lamentation. Daniel Horowitz from Conservative Review will be here towards the end of the program to take us inside politics. Before that, we'll give you a full hour of buy, sell, or hold where you, the people, because you know Aaron's not doing it, get to dictate what we talk about and respond to around here. But before we get to all of that, speaking of Aaron, here is the one bit of work he's going to do today. This is what happened while we were away. What happened while we were away brought to you by the 115th Democratic debate, this time in Des Moines, Iowa. And the only person on this stage who has beaten an incumbent Republican any time in the past 30 years is me. Well, just to set the record straight, I defeated an incumbent Republican uh, running for Congress. When? 1990. That's how I won. Beat a Republican congressman. <laughs> Number two. Of course. I, I don't think there's any debate up here. What, wasn't it 30 years ago? I beat an incumbent Republican congressman. And I said I was the only one who's beaten an incumbent Republican in 30 years. Well, 30 years ago is <laughs> 1990, as a matter of fact. I do want to be clear here. You're saying that you never told Senator Warren that a woman could not win the election. That is correct. Senator Warren, what did you think when Senator Sanders told you a woman could not win the election? I disagreed. We're live from the Democratic debate in Des Moines, Iowa. This was it. The last time Americans will hear the Democratic candidates all on stage together, hearing them debate before the first. We need to be willing to put a wealth tax in place, to ask those giant corporations that are not paying to pay, because that's how we build an economy. And for those who want to talk about it, bring down the national debt. Mayor Buttigieg, you're selling your plan as Medicare for all who want it, yet your plan would automatically enroll uninsured Americans into a public option, even if they don't want it, and force them to pay for it. How is that truth in advertising? Well, it's making sure that there is no such thing as an uninsured American. Look, the individual mandate was an important part of the ACA because the system doesn't work if there are free riders. Mr. Vice President, just to be clear, uh, the Obama-Biden administration did not ask Congress for permission multiple times when it took military action. So would the Biden doctrine be different? No, there was the authorization for the use of military force that was passed by the United States Congress, House and Senate, and signed by the president. That was the authority. It does not give authority to go into Iran. To do it, we should definitely be doing it in coalition with other countries. And I want to point out that as we do that, we're confronted by this issue, which everyone is talking about. But at the same time, there's a gigantic climate issue in Australia. Every major environmental organization has said no to this new trade agreement. 
because it does not even have the phrase climate change in it. The proposal I lay out does, in fact, limit drug costs. It sets up, it allows all the drug companies, to, excuse me, it allows you to Medicare to negotiate with drug companies. Senator Sanders, you call yourself a democratic socialist, but more than two thirds of voters say they are not enthusiastic about voting for a socialist. Doesn't that put your chances of beating Donald Trump at risk? Nope, not at all. CNN's Van Jones, your reaction? And I want to say that tonight for me was dispiriting. Democrats got to do better than what we saw tonight. There was nothing I saw tonight that would be able to take Donald Trump out. And I want to see a a, a Democrat in the White House as soon as possible. There was nothing tonight that if you're looking at this thing, you say any of these people are prepared for what Donald Trump is going to do to us. In other news, Russian Prime Minister Dmitry Medvedev has resigned along with the government he leads. This comes after Russian President Vladimir Putin proposed sweeping changes to the Constitution of Russia during his annual State of the Nation speech. He says those changes would allow the lower house of its parliament to choose Russia's prime minister and other key positions. Prime Minister Medvedev says he's stepping down along with the government he runs in order to allow Putin room to make the changes he wants. Putin, who's been in power for nearly two decades as either president or prime minister, was due to finish his fourth presidential term in 2024, after which the Constitution would bar him from immediately running for president again. Putin proposed a nationwide vote on the changes. Learning Russian today, today's phrase is, spoiler alert, the vote will turn out the way Putin wants it. Спойлер бдит, голосование будет таким, каким его хочет Путин. And finally, the porn lawyer Michael Avenatti was arrested yet again yesterday, this time for cheating on his taxes. Well, all of my sexual fantasies involve handcuffs. Uh-huh. <laughs> and that's what happened while we were away. <sighs> Props to that Medvedev guy. I mean, the amount of sucking up you have to do to survive that long under Putin's thumb. And by survive, you mean literally? Like literally survive. Yes, I I, I chose that word on purpose. Um, I frankly didn't think that was attainable in the human species, at least without, um, you know, no longer being a homo erectus. But um, he managed to pull that thing off. So enjoy your retirement, sir. However short-lived, it may be. Aaron's Montage brought to you by Keeps, who wants to wish those of you that heard my call and heeded it last year about what Keeps can do for you. Keeps wants to wish all of you who did so a happy new hair because you've discovered the Keeps hair loss treatment um, and you're keeping the hair that you have. And in fact, about two thirds of you will even experience hair regrowth with Keeps as well. So for the rest of you, that didn't take keeps advice they're offering it again because they know that losing your hair sucks and do something about it with keeps.com slash grow again the website keeps.com slash grow that's where you can get the generic versions of the only two fda approved hair loss products that are out there and these generic versions are going to save you a bundle so what are you waiting for with keeps you can save your hair without ever leaving your couch just answer a few questions and snap a few pics of your hair and a licensed doctor will review your info and recommend the right treatment for you and then it's shipped discreetly to your door so if you want to give it a shot if you want 2020 to be your happy new hair, all right, keeps.com slash grow to get 50% off of your first treatment. 
50% off your first treatment at keeps.com slash grow. 50% off keeps.com slash grow. We understand there is breaking news this morning. Uh, they have sent over, right, the uh, the impeachment articles. Yeah, they've named the managers. The managers. So yeah. the pomp and circumstance process is, 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 is underway. We are going to talk about what logistically this process will look like with the individual that covers Congress for us here at Blaze TV, Nate Madden. He's going to join us today in the overtime. So if you're a Blaze TV subscriber, you don't have to do anything. It'll just be uploaded for you on your app or the website, however you choose to access Blaze TV uh, later today. But if you don't want to miss out on that, blazetv.com slash dace is how you can access today's overtime as well as all of the other exclusive content that we produce each day. The entire team here at Blaze TV for our subscribers at blazetv.com slash dace. Of course, there's really only one topic to talk about. In in um, in relationship to Aaron's montage today, and it's it's why he made it the dominant part of his montage, and so that we don't meander. And by I say we, I really mean me. All right, so that I don't meander. Um, let's let's ask a very targeted question to kind of be the plumb line of our analysis here. All right. Okay. What, if anything, occurred last evening altered the trajectory that the Iowa caucuses are on um, in about, what is it, 18, 19 days? 19. 19 days. What, if anything, altered that trajectory and or cemented it? And it, it, could be, it can be altered for an individual and cemented it for another. It doesn't have to be an overall assessment. Okay, but if we were voting today in Iowa, well, if they were voting today and and we do our best on this show to think this way, but that's one of the reasons why is I'm constantly resetting it because it's hard not to retreat into your own bubble where you reside. That's human nature. Right. So, again, we're going to let's try to see this the way their target audience sees it, the way their their demo sees it, not the way we see it. Okay, or we would. So what if anything? Altered, changed, cemented the trajectory the Iowa caucuses appear to be on last night. Aaron, I'll start with you. I don't think much of anything. I think one thing that was cemented for sure that was probably already pretty pretty well set in stone is is Joe Biden is just not he's he's just not a viable a viable candidate um, at this point based on on what we I, it was a terrible night for him that clip that we showed of him talking about the drug prices that was just one of many instances mm-hmm. like that so i think that is i saw this trending a lot on lefty twitter which yeah. you're talking about last night it, I, I saw lefty twitter saying the stuff we've been saying the last few months which is i love this guy he cannot do this yeah, yeah. if it wasn't already cemented it, it probably had to have been at least with iowa last night with joe biden um one interesting note that that little clip that might have sounded innocuous from mayor pete where he says uh well yeah uh we can't have any stragglers here we can't have anybody not paying into this uh, medicare if you want medicare if you want medicare for all who want it that was his huge mantra and he was just like yeah that's not that's not true um, however, I, I don't think I'm really stepping out on thin ice here by saying that people who support Pete Buttigieg are doing it for health care. I think that's been well documented on this show, so I don't really think that changes much of anything. I, I think one thing that could that could change the trajectory um, nationally, but 
we're talking about Iowa here, is that the, it's clear now the gloves are off between Elizabeth Warren and Bernie Sanders. And my goodness, is this not entertaining? Bernie Sanders being painted as a as some uh, some misogynist now. He he was the original. He was the OG or no, he was the OS. He was the original socialist in all of this. And now he's got a deal with being painted as some uh, as some uh, sort of misogynist here with Elizabeth Warren. Oh, my goodness. That's fun to watch. I don't think it really I don't really think it changes the trajectory that they're on when it, as it as it pertains specifically to Iowa. But it that's going to be really, really fun. Maybe not interesting, but fun to watch going forward throughout the rest of the states, especially early on. Before I chime in anymore, your thoughts. Well, you, you know, I, I'm pretty proud and confident of doing what you said we need to do. Put, put on how they see things. As best as we can. As best as we can. Listen yeah. to Start listening to those crazy voices in your head. I, I, I called Biden's uh, d- dissent. I said Warren was never going to remain the frontrunner and she was going to fall back uh, to the pack. Uh, I called uh, Sanders perhaps being the most inevitable because of how rock solid and crazy his base was. I called Buttigieg being relevant this long in such a way. But honestly, last night, I I felt whatever powers I have, I felt them leave me. I, I, I have no idea you sound like Van Jones. I, I am tracking with Van Jones. After that, I just simply do not have any Can we start over is basically idea. what Van Jones was saying last yeah. night. Can we start they've, over? They've all gotten to the point where they're not willing to do the next thing. Elizabeth Warren, she got popular when she was nasty. She lost it again. Now she's clearly comfortable being nasty again, but can... Will that dog hunt? Again, Bernie Sanders, it's why I, I pressed you yesterday on tactically. Why Why would Bernie? I just, I just don't have any respect for Bernie at this moment in his life, not flat out looking at her. I'm not and surprised CNN, he responded. I told you yesterday. I know you're not surprised, but yeah. I'm disappointed because he should have called her, her a liar uh, and he should have called out CNN for their tactics. But I mean, he, he, didn't didn't even so- u- he didn't even use the third way that I thought he would use. He did worse than I thought he was going to do. Like, I at least thought he was going to say, what I was trying to say is, that this country's just so sexist, I don't think it's ready to see, vote for a woman yet. At least see, he thought he was going to try thought, that. Yeah. He didn't even try that. No. no. Uh, so, uh, Buttigieg was just it, still the same old Buttigieg, which is, again, good enough to stay there amongst a throng of, of four, but what are you going to do? Amy Klobuchar, to, was she even there uh, last night, you know? Or? Was she actually, she actually spoke the third most mm. out of, so, so she's- Because there's been nothing see, about her since. Exactly. So she's, that's yeah. what, so she's talking, she's not, she doesn't sound like a wingnut or anything like that, but again, where, where are the moments? Mm-hmm. You need to have those now. And then who, who have I not mentioned yet? Uh, well, Biden. And Biden, I, I, I agree entirely with Aaron's assessment. So I, I can't see I, what the next month is going to hold after this, after a debate and after this polling. Uh, I'm as deadlocked. Uh, and I don't want to guess. I was never guessing all along. I was never predicting anything just for the sake of, hey, f- uh, look how smart I am five months ago. I really th- thought these things were going to happen. So I'd t- I, I have no idea. I don't. I, I think what you saw last night is they they all brought out the worst in one another and it, and it became a circular firing <laughs> yeah. squad and that there isn't there isn't really that's progressivism yes but 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 
ultimately there's an alpha in the room in any in any tribe in any viewpoint in any worldview in any subculture there's an alpha just by default even if there really isn't a yes, true alpha yeah, somebody we just cannot escape our nature okay this is this is why they always sound good when they say bread for all and then after they get done taking the guns and money to redistribute the people who took the guns and money are like we've got all the guns and money why are we redistributing this we're the alpha now all right this is why we can't, this is why alpha animal farm remains arguably the single greatest prophetic work written merely by human hands uninspired by the holy spirit at least in the history of Western civilization, all right? Because it's a portrait of human nature is what it really is. It's an honest one. It's not, it, I know it's labeled as a breakdown of totalitarianism and particularly it's a, it's a, uh, it's, it's, it's a, it, it's, he's trying to Sir Thomas More, the Soviet Union. I, I understand that. I'm a huge fan of the book. I've probably read it 70 times in my life, all right? But when you look at it, all most of the times I read it, I read it without possessing a biblical worldview. When you read the book in possession of a biblical worldview, and so now you get the full context of it, what it really is, is a portrait of human nature. Because what happens with Animal Farm happens really in any um, godless secular system. We, we can't avoid these things. We always end up becoming like that which we claim to oppose. We, we can't stop ourselves. And I think what you witnessed last night is the most passive-aggressive version of Lord of the Flies you could possibly imagine, in that there, they, there's a desperation there for them all to be the alpha. But since there's, there's, there's no one that really has what it takes to be one, they just, it, it's a slap fight. It's a pillow fight. They, they just, they, they just, slap on they're they're sla they're, they're slathering on the beta cologne and perfume and i think this is what van jones is talking about when he says there's no one up there truly prepared for what awaits them what he is saying i believe um especially because again he's black he comes from a subculture that isn't ashamed of masculinity it hasn't been worked over by toxic masculinity like whitey america has what he's really saying is Nobody up there has the balls to do what must be done. That's what he's really, I think that's what he's really saying. Nobody can, nobody really can do it. They can't do it. And I think you saw that. I think that's, that, that, that Bernie looked so defeated. And I know the story is CNN game the system. And I'm sure that's true. But I, I really, you know, <laughs> If you're concerned about CNN putting its thumb on the scale on a, in, in a primary Fox News much, do you even Fox News, bro? I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean, goodness. I mean, remember the first Fox News presidential debate in the 2016 campaign? Megyn Kelly and Chris Wallace were literally given kill Trump orders. Okay, I mean, th this is not new. Partisan cable news networks having an idea of who they think is electable and who is not. What you saw last night is the is, is CNN doing for Elizabeth Warren what the networks all did for her last spring and summer after she imploded with her initial I'm I'm I really am Native American but it's one and one thousand twenty fourth percentile and hey hey Fortnite how are you can I get my husband remember that okay Rem and remember we talked at that time how did she re resurrect. They resurrected her because they realized someone needs to speak to the things Bernie Sanders talks about, um, but can actually be palatable on a human level. 
And I think that's all you saw was a repeat of, of doing for her what they did for her last spring and summer. Um, Joe Biden cannot communicate on any level. And the Joe Biden you saw last night, if you watched, if you watch his ads, and then you watch this live in real time last night, and, and you watch his deterioration in real time, you watch him break down over the course of these debates. And it's happened in every one of these debates, actually, in, in the last six, seven months. We've seen him deteriorate. You know why? Because he's 80, and that's what most 80-year-old men do. How many times have you had a conversation with 80-year-old men, and they're really sharp in the first five minutes? You're like, wow, Gramps has still got it. And then 15 minutes later, I mean, you're on the second level of the conversation, and he's over there, out. Because he's 80, man. He's earned, his, he's earned his time to take a nap in the middle of a conversation he wants. He's freaking 80, okay? This is what most 80-year-old men are. But if you were to watch his ads, you would be convinced this is a, that that's, that's an android. A, that's a cannibalistic humanoid underground dweller. That's a life model decoy, replicant. He, that's not really Joe Biden because it's a totally different human being from what is presented in the ads to what shows up in these live events like this debate last night. And I think the reason there's 60% of Iowans in the last register poll of Iowa Democrats that are still undecided is because it's twofold. One, their number one issue is who can beat Trump. And then number two, there's a whole lot of Iowa Democrats that are to the left of everybody on this show. But if they wanted to live in California, you know what they would do? They'd move there where the weather's nicer, all right? They, they, they would prefer to believe that there's a way to beat Donald Trump with big government that doesn't involve um, Das Vendania and to, from each according to his abilities to each according to his needs. They're looking for somebody to provide them a safe harbor. And there isn't one, there's not going to be one out there for them. I thought that that clip last night showed of, that, that you had a Pete Buttigieg showed he's an amateur at this. That he has the right political instincts and he has some political talent and he represents a cherished special interest group. Okay. But you want to talk about rookie mistakes. His his the entire line of 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 messaging he's done in Iowa to surge here is I can be the real moderate. Why are we going to take people's health care away? And he gets a surface level question from a really, she's really hot, by the way. That chick at CNN. Do we know what name she? Who's, I've never seen her before. She asks him a really surface level question. Well, your own plan says that people have to buy health insurance that don't want it. Like they didn't like that about Obamacare. So it's really Medicare for all. He's like, well, yeah. I mean, that's a mistake. That's a rookie mistake, man. Okay, that's that's a mistake the, that you make when you're the mayor of Podunk, Indiana. Trying to take a trying to 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 climb six rungs on the ladder all at once, all right. I think he demonstrated he's a rank amateur, and that if he didn't like to have sex with other guys, he would have no other place in this race. And that's why he appeals only to the whitey exurbians that you live with, and the whitey suburbanites that I that Aaron and I live with, and no other base Democrat constituency because they can they 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 can they can smell a rat. They can smell this guy can't go the distance. And the last thing we want to do, if we're going to put up the first gay candidate, they better be as smart as Andrew Sullivan. All right. Otherwise they're going to set everybody, they're going to set us back. That's what that's why you can't grow beyond the white guilt woke brigade base. You can't grow beyond that. That's why. I think you saw that in that clip.
He's not ready for prime time. Okay? He's filling a niche that the spirit of the age desperately wants filled. No doubt about that. You were, you've pegged that right away. But in the end, the natural laws of politics ultimately went out. And you, and you saw in that clip last night that, I, that he's, got, he's, he's there to fill a, a notch, a niche, but he can't rise above his own niche because in the end, he's, not, he's a rookie here. Now he, he went from rookie ball. He didn't even stop at double A, man, and with Bull Durham. He went from, he went from the Venezuelan winter leagues to opening day. Here, I'm here for opening day. And that's, he's just not ready for this. Joe Biden can't sustain himself. On any level whatsoever, he can't last. I, I mean, I, I seriously doubt whether he mentally, physically could hold up the, under the rigors of any kind of a campaign, folks. And I don't, I don't say that, again, for shock value. He's an 80-year-old man. That's not a president of the United States. That's, that's a guy playing shuffleboard, man, at, at, at Sunny Lane Farms. Sunny Acres is what that is. Am I wrong? No, no, and I think they're more and more recognizing that, and and so what what I think this did is cause a lot of people to look at each other and say, like Ralphie when he drops the the uh, the nuts and bolts while the old man's changing the car, oh fudge! But they didn't say fudge, and I think Van Jones was the spirit animal channeling that last night, and so. If we're going to have a Lord of the Flies, it's going to come down. This goes to why I predicted Bernie Sanders would win this at a convention. What this comes down to then is that I will huff and I'll puff and I'll force my way in. There's, there's nobody there in this race that is going to unify multiple coalitions to win this thing outright. And so it is going to be won by that. And Elizabeth Warren, to her credit, as socially awkward as possible. Recognize that instinctively last night and just taking Bernie Sanders on live TV with the help of her allies in the media and throwing him completely under the bus, okay? And now I think you will see Bernie Sanders' base respond in kind. And I think that's how this is going to play out for the next few weeks. I could foresee a scenario. Um, you know, my, our buddy Bob Vanderplatz mentioned this to me yesterday. One of his sons brought this up to him, so I want to give him credit because I know he listens to the show. That it's possible Joe could do better here than people think, because Amy Klobuchar, I think, is is done. I think Amy Klobuchar's not. She's going to be. She's going to be at that cutoff level when they get in the room and have the straw poll. And I could see a lot of her support. Some of it. Some of it. Whatever support she has of people that just want to vote for women, I don't think she has much of that. Because I think if you're thinking that way, you're already supporting Elizabeth Warren. But there, Elizabeth Warren may get some of that. But I think the majority of that, overwhelmingly, is going to go to Joe Biden on caucus night. So he could perform four, five, six points better than what he's polling right now when you take Amy Klobuchar off of the board. But um, I, I, I think they're... I think they were confronted with the uninspiring slate of, of, of candidates they have. There was a hope Joe Biden could be their Mitt Romney. This is a replay of 2012. All right. It's a replay of 2012. But the problem is Joe Biden's not Mitt Romney. He's not that strong of a candidate. And so if you don't have that kind of a candidate and then your traditional base candidate can't rally people the way Rick Santorum did down the stretch. All right. So if you don't have somebody who can who can 
who's more of a grassroots candidate. But I don't think Liz, Elizabeth Warren can do that. That would probably, she'd kind of be the Rick Santorum, but I think she had a window to do that about two months ago, which is why I was predicting her to be the nominee. I don't think she can do that as things stand right now. So instead, what you're going to get, I think, is Ron Paul's going to be the nominee. It's just his name is Bernie Sanders now. Your thoughts? Because that he's, because he's the one thing that's right as rain. The one thing we know, I believe, is that as long as he's alive, his people are going to show up en masse. That's the, to me, that's the only constant we have in the race right now. But what are your thoughts, guys? Uh, I was, after seeing that polling, I thought, you know, Bernie's not going to win Iowa. It's somebody's going to leapfrog him. I'm not so sure about that now at all. I think Bernie may now be the front runner to win Iowa. It'll It'll be narrowly, I think, but I can't. I'm, I'm obviously tracking with everything you're saying. There, the the level of they're stuck in needing. If if I go there, it's totally I am the Senate time. And all of them have to that because that's what progressivism does. You know, you can only tell so many lies. And, they, and does Buttigieg right now need to start really being like? The, does the husband need to come out all the time? It takes those kind of parlor tricks at this point hmm. to break this. Aaron, you have anything quick? Yeah, um, I, I would say from what we've seen already uh, online and just anecdotally in person, I think Riders Rain, Bernie Sanders' base is the only actual base of any of these candidates, if that makes sense. Buy, seller Hold is next here on Blaze TV, radio and podcast. Stay tuned. It is time for our weekly game of Buy, Sell, or Hold, brought to you by our friends over at RidUZone. If you have made a New Year's resolution to get healthy, let me just tell you right now, uh, squash it. Chances are you've already failed, or you soon will, because studies show they don't. New Year's resolutions typically don't last about 80% or more of the time past Valentine's Day, all right? So take it from me, someone who's uh, who's fought the battle of the bulge, what you really want to do is change your lifestyle. And that's where Riduzone comes in because your body was created by the creator to conserve and crave calories because it's, you know, for 6,000 years, food wasn't a readily available resource to most human beings on this planet. But all of a sudden now it is. And all of a sudden now we're fatter than we've ever been. So what happens when you want to lose weight? Well, your body still has that initial nature. And so how do you control your cravings and your portion sizes? Because often it's not what you're eating. I mean, if, if you're eating, a, if, you know, well, I'm, I'm only eating 2,000 calories. Okay, but if those 2,000 calories are all Hershey Kisses, then it's what you're eating. So let's have some common sense here, all right? But for most people, it's not what you're eating. It's how much of it you're actually eating. And that's where Riduzone comes in because there's this little molecule in your body called OEA. And what it's supposed to do is let the brain know when the belly's full. Unfortunately, for those of us that get way overweight, we've just been uh, ignoring that signal for so long. The body is now trained just to ignore it as well. Riduzone wants to boost 
the wattage here. It's OEA for your OEA. It's that's all that it is. It's a, it's just an OEA supplement with more OEA to get your brain's attention. Hey, we're good. We can stop eating now. That's why it's not filled with fillers and additives, preservatives, chemicals, caffeine, etc. It's just OEA. That's why it's FDA accepted, vegan friendly, and gluten free. If you want to give this a shot to see if this can get your portion sizes and cravings under control, it takes about ninety days for a new habit to form in the subconscious, which is why we're offering you a three-month supply, 90 days, right now at 30% off when you go to riduzone.com, R-I-D-U-Z-O-N-E, use my name, Steve, as the promo code, get that 30% off at riduzone, R-I-D-U-Z-O-N-E, riduzone.com. Here's how Buy, Sell, or Hold works if you're new to the show. Aaron, with a lot of help from his friends out in the audience, will put forth a series of statements, predictions, theories uh, on various topics. Todd and I will then decide, are we buying that? Are we selling that? Maybe even have a good reason why, if you're lucky. Once per show, although we don't use it very often anymore, we are permitted to say hold because this one is just, we can't either project it or you know we're punking out. And that's why if you use that hold though, even though you're permitted to use it, you need to know in advance you'll get punked for doing it because it's considered punking out and a violation of the dude code. Aaron. All right, we'll start with uh, Baron of Grey Matter who says Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix is the most conservative movie of the millennial generation. I'm going to alter that a little bit. Order of the Phoenix is the most conservative, quintessentially millennial movie. Buy, sell, or hold. Um, I don't know. I mean, The Dark Knight Rises... Mitt Romney saves Gotham. Okay. Yeah, we got a, a we got a, a billionaire uh white guy his who's who then is wondering how come we're not helping the charities we used to and his butler reminds him, well, for us to donate to nonprofits, we've gotta have profits. Okay. I, I'm I don't know if that's the case. Okay. So I'm gonna I'm gonna sell. I mean, the, the movie we just had a couple of summers ago, The Incredibles 2, is a pretty overtly conservative movie. I mean, the, the villain is basically Elizabeth Warren, is basically the villain. Hillary Clinton is the villain. And, and the mom originally thinks she's talking to an Irma Bombeck, you know, uh, sister, you know, frustrated suburban mom with all the trials and, and ordeals that goes along with that and the pressures. But then when she sees that she's really talking to Gloria Steinem, they go to war. That, that's a, right? Isn't that oh, yeah. the plot of the movie? Yeah. And, and the corporate guy, who, brother who he, she hates, who's again the, the corporate guy who makes all kinds of money but wants to use his money to put it back into the community and, and bring superheroes back to clean up the streets and give people something to be inspired by. And she's the iconoclastic nihilist progressive who finds that stuff, you know, passe, and she wants to, you know, break the stained glass window. I, no, I'm going to sell. I can come up with a few others. Point of order. Aaron, are they saying this because the basically the – the pink lady who nails all the rules up on the wall is kind of like the big government nanny state. Is this, uh, I, I would be, I, yeah, that's what I would like to know, which is why I kind of threw this out there is that I wanted to put all three of our brains together to try to figure out what, uh, what this might be going. For. I mean, that's the part that comes to mind. I mean, I've seen the Harry Potter, 
Potter movies, and, and, and I like a, them. In a private group of individuals, yes. using arms. their wands, bearing yeah. arms, yes. have to have to uh, yes. have to fight the system because okay. government is to totally and totally inadequate and ill-equipped to stand up to the uh, to the oppression. Right? I, I I mean, I can see where oh, he's tracking. Sure. Yeah. Okay. I'm, I just think it's. I think it, it goes too far. I'm gonna buy it only because if this was. If this is what he's holding on to, to, you know, stay the course, I respect that. So, you know, we all need our our things. Star Wars was taken away from me. I'm not going to take this away from you. You have it. You run with it. Some rare empathy for Todd Erzin. There you go. There you go. There you go. Blues won the Stanley Cup, says sports gambling legalization will outpace recreational marijuana legalization in 2020. Uh, bye. This is the next boom industry. Bye. Yeah. I think. I think we have... We are un- way underestimating the kind of revenues that this is going to generate. Buy. I, I'll <clears throat> buy, but this is not an inherently good thing. Darkness looms. Your tribalism sucks, says the much maligned Chiefs rush defense keeps uh, Der- uh, Henry. Is it Derek Henry? Yes. yes. Uh, managed, and the KC offense drops 30-plus on Tennessee. I think it, it, it's... It's mid-January. We got to see what the weather forecast is before we start talking about dropping 30 plus. That's a factor. Um, I think um, you're you're still playing a pretty good defense. I mean, I, I think Kansas City's going to win. I mean, they're at home and, you know, they've got a Hall of Fame quarterback and the Titans have been winning in spite of their quarterback now for two weeks. Who had a good season for them, Ryan Tannehill did. But what did he have, like 80 yards against the Patriots or something? I mean, they're, they're winning in spite of him. And, and, and now, you know, yeah, I know. Well, Steve, they just beat Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson had 500 yards in that game. The Ravens had six drives get inside the Titans 40 where they didn't, and they only scored 12 points. That's not a recipe for winning games, guys. Okay. It, it, you can't replicate that model. Now, what you could, though, say, yeah, Steve, that's why I'm going to pick the Titans, because sometimes it's just your year. And we've seen that in sports, right? We've seen Cinderella oh, yeah. runs, no doubt. And I mean, your Packers were a sixth seed when you won the one Super Bowl with Aaron Rodgers, Correct. which is what the Titans are. Okay, A decade ago. Sometimes yeah. it's just your, I mean, there've been Aaron Rodgers has been bowed out of the playoffs with better teams than that team that won the Super Bowl that year. Correct? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So sometimes, particularly when it's a one and done, Sometimes it is just your year. And so if that's, if that's your argument for the Titans, then I, I'm, I'm, I won't argue against it because we see stuff like that in sports. But looking at it analytically, I don't believe they have a model that can be replicated three times in a row and three times in a row against a guy playing quarterback at a Hall of Fame level. Okay. So Brady's didn't play quarterback at a Hall of Fame level this year, but he's a Hall of Famer. Lamar Jackson did play quarterback at a Hall of Fame level. Pat Mahomes is playing quarterback at a Hall of Fame level, but about dropping 30 plus, you know, you get into weather and those sorts of things. And uh, I, I would be inclined to want to check that forecast on game day morning before I got into stuff like that. Yeah, I'm pretty much where Steve is about when you look back at your childhood and you remember certain teams in certain years, you call that like the, do you, it's, do you remember the fill in the player blank? Because it was like, you know he was good, but all of a sudden that it just all came together. This is like you watch highlights right now, Derrick Henry, and I, I'm starting to think: Is this? Are we going to look back at this and say you remember the Derrick Henry year when he's just like John Riggins or something? Yeah, like that. It's because yeah. I knew he was 
a fine That's player. a good analogy because is that the last time? And 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 those Redskin teams, Joe Theismann was a very good quarterback. Yeah, not sure. not Hall of Fame, but a guy who could on the periphery of being a Pro Bowler most years. You know, you had Charlie Brown and Joe Watt, some good receivers. Art Monk was just beginning in those years, but. Is that the last time that a running attack, a dominant rushing attack, carried a team to a Super Bowl win? And I know, listen, I mean, you have Emmitt Smith, obviously the all-time NFL leading rusher, but I mean, you got the Hall of Fame quarterback, you've got a Hall of Fame receiver, a tight end, Jay Novacek, that I think belongs in the Hall of Fame. You know, I mean, where it was very clear that this was a, but uh, this guy was carrying us all the way. Mm-hmm. Can, and, and I mean, that's 1982 now. That's 35 years ago. So in the last 35 years, can you think of a team that won a Super Bowl? You know, the, the Falcons rode Jamal Anderson that Dirty Bird year to the Super Bowl, and, but then they lost to the Broncos. I mean, can you guys think of one? Oh, um, how about Seattle? Sean Alexander? They got to a Super Bowl, lost awesome. to the Steelers. They definitely were riding him, but they were riding him. Yeah, so we've that's a couple. We've, we've come up with a couple of examples of teams that use that model to get to that game, right? But can we come up with a model of a team that used that model to then win yeah. it all? But hey, we're not playing the Super Bowl this Sunday. We're only playing the AFC Championship game, right? Yeah, and I'm not. Okay. I, I'm mostly. I'm and I'm rooting for Aaron uh, legitimately. So I'll give him enough. We give each other enough crap for college. Uh, go Chiefs. See, I'm rooting for both well, you guys. The death I'm, kiss right there. I, I'm rooting. For, I hate the Packers, but I, I like you. So I'm rooting for both of you guys. Just because I, the older I get now, the more actually, you know, you've won a Super Bowl recently. I'm not rooting for you because <laughs> I'm going back to hating the Packers. All right, so I'm rooting for the Chiefs. Well, thanks. Because the the older I get now, what the Lions have done to me, one playoff win since December 28th, 1957. Let me repeat that: one playoff win since December 28th, 1957. That was the date they won their last NFL title. Okay. They've won one playoff game since then. I I have sympathy now for more abundant uh, fan bases. That I want to see them, you know, get theirs because I'm I'm walking in your shoes right now. All righty. Way Truth Life says if Trump wins in 2020, CNN will try to rebrand themselves as a more centrist and uh, balanced news channel as they collaborate with conservatives like Steve Dace. So. I am inclined to sell, but I want to hear your reason first to see if it solidifies what I was going to say. Because progressivism is cancer. They're not going to learn. They're not going to learn. I I think you have to hear. Who was it that sent that? Way Truth Life. I like the name, Way Truth Life. You should be right. Oh, yeah. And, 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 I can see forces within CNN wanting you to be right. Here's what you have to ask yourself. Like, I could see Anderson Cooper making this adjustment. He's worked for 60 minutes. He was on CNN before they went totally nuts. Like, I I could see him making, um, not becoming like center-right. But I mean, I I could see him being more respectable. Could you see that? I could see that. Like, I could see that. Like, if they wanted to rebrand themselves, I could see Anderson Cooper fitting in with, you know, just not being a complete and total turd. You know what I'm saying? I could see that. But at least two of their hosts will have to go. Lemon would have to go. Uh, Cuomo will have to go. Go or coexist. Or is Cuomo in the morning show now and not prime time anymore? Or did he leave the morning show to go to prime time? I can't remember, okay? Because I don't follow any of this stuff. 
and they're not going right. to do that. But they also can't coexist with. I mean, the same editor. So are they going to fire the gay black host? Yeah. I just, I think no. that I, I know. See, I, I, my fear is what you could see. And I'm, and we did have our meeting yesterday, by the way. And I'll give you guys an update here in the next couple of days when I learn more. But just to give you a little hint of how the meeting went yesterday, I, I think you could see like certain aspects of CNN do what you're talking about, but not the on-air lineup. I think the on-air lineup would just, would, 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 the crazy would be dialed up. I mean, I, I think they just blow the amp, I think is what they would do. But could I see other elements within that company attempt to do what you're talking about aside from the on-air lineup, like an op-ed section or a digital product? I could see that. For like 10 seconds. Because I could see same, that too. I, yeah. we, Steve's regaled you with this story, but the same editor who flaked out on Steve when at the Des Moines Register offered him a column and then once got a bunch of pressure from whoever took the column back like the day before it was supposed to be published and with lo- just pr- and tried to really did the childhood la 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 nothing to see here tried to pretend it didn't happen uh with me they made me the religion editor the same editor that did that to steve made me the religion editor and i lasted for like three weeks because I really was the really I I contributed and real wrote religious real news things. Trying to suspiciously, skeptically tear it down. They can't right. sustain it. You they tr- they tried with you. They tried with me. It's no coincidence that both of us are here now doing. They 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 can't sustain it. So even if their heart is someone's heart is in the right place on this, it there's not enough people there to just let that out perpetually because progressivism is cancer they are a cult steve has told you many times they've they've been living this way for so long do you think they're really going to start triangulating and compromising now no this is the all-in moment they're not going to do that all right Lacey says penn state scandal earns a wrist slap at most even though it needs to be burned to an ash pile so I, I assume she's referring to the, the latest one. All right. Yeah. So there's a there's a for those of you that don't know, there's a, a lawsuit filed in federal district court yesterday by Isaiah Humphreys, a former Penn State player. Uh, his father, Leonard Humphreys, played for Joe Paterno at Penn State, started in the early 90s. Does that name sound familiar to you at all? Because he also was a starter for the Buffalo Bills on some of their Super Bowl teams. No, now it does. It didn't yeah. with Penn State, yeah, but like it does the now. Bruce Smith, Daryl Talley teams. Oh, yeah, I went does. with Jim Kelly and all those guys. Huh. He was on those teams. Okay. And so I, that's an important note because this guy is a Penn Stater all the way through, is his old man. And he's the one that approved, he's the one that is going, is filing the lawsuit. It's not and a hit and run. It's so. not, no. So this isn't just a, just, it could be a discredit. That doesn't mean it's not Doesn't a mean it's true, but it's this, not. Yeah. Yes, but, but it does add a different layer in that this guy is a native. Okay. He's, he played for Joe Pa. He, he's an alum. He's he and in the suit, the dad says he took this. What he's about to allege, he took this to James Franklin himself and the coaches, and they didn't satisfactorily address it. And what this suit is alleging is that several players at Penn State, including some of its most high-profile players, Michael Parsons is going to be Penn State's best football player next season. He might have been this season. Yatur Grossmatos, if Michael Parsons wasn't its best player, Grossmatos was. He's going to the NFL. And, and several other players were sexually hazing youngsters on the team, including his son, Isaiah Humphreys. And that hazing included putting their testicles on, on the faces of players, younger players, uh, putting their genitals on the buttocks of players and stroking their genitals while doing it. 
and then yelling out, I'm going to Sandusky you. That's just some referencing to Jerry Sandusky, the the child predator that was permitted to roam on Penn State's campus for two decades uh, and is going to die in prison now because of it. But um, that's what was that. There's there's more details, but that's the gist of it. And he says he took this to Penn State. Penn State did suspend. Uh, you go back to the season opener this year. One of the players mentioned as being one of the leaders of this sexual hazing ring, allegedly, uh, was suspended for the opening game of the season against Idaho. No reason was given other than failure to meet team standards, but then played the rest of the season. And so the father is saying, hey, I, I, I went to the, my alma mater. We, you know, we, this was, went through this, the, the disciplinary, nothing was done here. And so they filed a lawsuit. But the, the family's attorney, the Humphreys family's attorney once made, a, made an interesting point yesterday. He said, this story didn't come from us. We were, my client's son transferred to Cal Berkeley where he's going to play for them next season. And, um, and their coach is one of your former defensive coordinators, Justin Wilcox. He's not... He's, this isn't, you know, he's not some new age guru. I mean, Justin Wilcox is old school. So again, this isn't a guy that, oh, I couldn't hack it at a tougher Big Ten school. So let me go play for SMU or someplace at some group of five school. They'll tell me I'm a great snowflake. This guy is going and playing for, uh, you know, maybe the hardest nosed edged coach in the Pac-12 other than the guy at Utah, Kyle Whittingham and, and Justin Wilcox. And again, his dad is, is an alum and took, said he took this to the university. Well, the university, the, the lawyer wants you to know that it wasn't them that blew the whistle on this originally. So somebody else, this must have happened to. And, and, and somebody else blew the whistle that this happened to their kid. And that's how it originally went public the first time. So that's the lawsuit they're talking about. You have a buy, seller hold on that. We'll find out when we come back. Stay tuned. And we're back with Hour 2, live and on demand here on Blaze TV, radio and podcast. If you do listen to us via the podcast, thank you. We are grateful, and even more so if you wouldn't mind leaving us a five-star review wherever you podcast from, uh, because those are very helpful to helping us get the word out to finding more people like you. Thank you to the thousands of you that have left those uh, five-star reviews for us already. We appreciate all of you as well. 888-900-3393 is the number here to the Blaze, steve at stevedace.com. That's how you can email the program, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, at Steve Dace Show. Our weekly prophet of woe and lamentation will be joining us here at the bottom of the hour, our good friend Daniel Horowitz from Conservative Review. But first, part two of Buy, Seller, Hold, brought to you by Home Title Lock. Deborah's home was stolen. Not that thieves stole her stuff. Literally, scammers took the home itself. The FBI calls home title theft one of the fastest growing white collar crimes in the country right now. And this story is why I protect my home with home title lock. And Deborah says, hey, criminals found the title to her home online, filed fraudulent documents claiming they owned it. And wait, it gets worse. Deborah says she was evicted from her own home, 85 grand in equity, gone, gone. For most Americans, your own home is the best and most successful investment you'll ever make. Protect it with our friends at Home Title Lock. I don't want to be reading an ad about you later this year, right? Don't don't be a Deborah, right? 
HomeTitleLock.com is where you can go right now to get 60 risk-free days of protection and register your home to see if you've already been a victim. Find out now before it's too late. HomeTitleLock.com. Two months of risk-free protection available for you today at HomeTitleLock.com. Aaron. All right. Uh, Elliot Evans is next who says, uh, Steve will speak at CPAC before Aaron ever watches Rudy. Now, whoa. I'm not, I got to ponder this. Yes, that's... How insufferable are you feeling over there, McIntyre? It's not that I don't want to. It's just that I won't watch it. That's what I'm saying. So How insufferable are you feeling, yeah. Harry? Yeah. It's up to 11? Here's the thing, though. There's another. There's a, there's a variable in this equation that didn't exist the last time this con- conversation came up. Do you know what it is? No. Do you know who it is? No. Her, her name is Bella. Has there been a thing or two that just for the dude of it all, you vowed, no way I'm ever doing that, just in spite of all y'all, until the missus said, hey, what do you think of this? You sure you don't want to try it? You can't think of anything, anything that the missus convinced you, this is is not the dude code hill to die on. Of course. I'm just trying to think if Rudy, watching Rudy could possibly fit into Maybe that. she likes the movie? Watched it as a kid? It's on TV? Oh, don't be silly. That's a stupid thing, Aaron. You don't even hold on to that. You'll like the movie, trust me. Never had any of those conversations with Mrs. Erzin? Oh, I know. Yeah. Absolutely. So there, So whatever the percentage of that happening, I promise you is higher and the percentage of me speaking at CPAC. So if you think the chances of oh, that hot happening are are point zero 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 one, it's still higher than the chances of me speaking at CPAC. So I'm going to go with selling. Selling. Yeah. yeah. I think the odds are better. Aaron will finally watch Rudy. Now, if Aaron were still single, we might have to shut the show down on this question because I wouldn't know how to answer. You're relying too okay. much on that pertaining to this specific thing. So I'm actually going to buy this thing is now getting out there enough that you, they may end up just trolling you yeah. by inviting you to CPAC. You, you clearly don't know the people that run CPAC as well as I do. Yeah. <laughs> uh, moving on. Chuck Gregory says Mayor Michael Bloomberg essentially skipping Iowa and New Hampshire and spending tens of millions in ads across my state, California, and others wins more than one Democratic primary race on Super Tuesday. Hard sell. Hard sell. I will win as many states as Michael Bloomberg will win. Except, no, he's hated in New York City, so no, he's not winning there either. No, I I will win as many states in this Democratic primary calendar as Michael Bloomberg will win. Hard sell. I'll sell, but not, not as hard. Crazy voices and all that. Moving on. Yeah, I can, I can see. I can see. No, he's 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 not he's not crazy enough for California. And then the rest of the states are largely those southern states and Texas and places like that. the The guy who told you you couldn't drink a Slurpee is going to get all of the black church voters in Tennessee. Hell no. All right, uh, non-hyphenated American uh, or non-hyphenated America says Trump wins 2020, and the only two major laws passed in second term are amnesty and more gun control. I have to sell on principle. 
because my rule is, if you ask me to predict what Donald Trump will do in the future, or what the result of the presence of Donald Trump in the future will lead to, other than the constancy of crazy behavior from his opponents, I, I have to sell. I, 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 and when I say this, I'm not kidding. I think there's as much a likelihood as we just wake up one morning in April of 2022 and Donald Trump's like, peace out, man. I'm at the, I got, you know, harems waiting for me down at the Mar-a-Lago and y'all, you know, I, I dropped the mic, have a nice life as there is. He's, he's, he spends eight years in office. I, 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 I think it's impossible to predict. Todd. I will sell not because it will only be those two issues. It could be, but it won't be the only two issues. All right. Uh, let's see. F.U. Paladin says lightsabers are the primary reason for the enduring success of the Star Wars franchise. Without those super cool weapons, 1977 Star Wars doesn't even get a trilogy. Um, I think you went too far with the last sentence, so I'm going to sell. But if you had said the secret sauce of Star Wars success is the introduction of the coolest weapon in modern movie history, yeah, you're right about that. Sure. I mean, my 12-year-old son, you know, got a crap ton of money for Christmas because that's what him and his sisters asked for this year. And that's what he got from his grandparents too. And he just spent 50 bucks of it buying like a real replica lightsaber on Amazon. Not like the ones like we had that you got for 15 bucks at Kmart, but I mean, like this thing has to like recharge. Okay. I mean, even I'm like, that's actually really cool. <laughs> is it usable? Uh, yes. Yeah. Like it, it's unbreakable. It the, the sound. Yep. Has, has all of it. Yeah. Wow. And if you get, if you have another kid that you guys can actually like really like fence and stuff with it and it won't Yeah. They break. show these videos of like these. Yeah. It's one of those that you see in like the, the like the fan movies on yeah, YouTube yeah, that yeah. get like a million, three million views. It's one of those. It looks kind of like that. Okay. And it's really cool. And when he turns all the lights off and, you know, and, and plays with it and stuff, it, dude, I'm 46 years old. I'm like, that's pretty dope. Okay. So I think your sentiment is on the money. And I, but I don't, I, I still think there was enough meta in the storyline, uh, enough production value elsewhere. Because remember, we didn't see a lot of these lightsabers in the first Star Wars movie. Remember, it was more of a curiosity. Right, you see, Luke wields it. That you know, the one scene there with the blast shield, um, and go back. If you watch the non-edited, non-enhanced versions of the original trilogy, I mean, that lightsaber duel between Kenobi and Darth Vader, it looks like they're fighting with the things you bought for fifteen bucks at Kmart when we were kids. Okay, so I think there was enough meta elsewhere in that first movie that we would have gone on. If memory serves, you you can actually see a cord yes. in the cloak yeah. of Alec Guinness that yeah. made the to make the effect work back then. The the pole that they were actually actually had to spin for some reason. The effect would only work, it, and that's mm-hmm. what it did. So mm-hmm. it had some battery pack, and you can see the cord in his in his cloak. The second worst blunder after the the stormtrooper bashing his head against the the wall that's also in the movie. Dude, CNN is garbage is trending right now on Twitter, like number one in the world, other than Aaron Hernandez. I, I don't even want to know. Um, oh, apparently He's there's a Netflix. A yeah. Okay. So n- number two trending thing right now in the world, hashtag CNN is garbage because you've got Bernie Sanders supporters mm-hmm. and conservatives 
all crushing just, them at the exact same time. The prophetic timing of this coming out after we had the conversation we had on Monday. Perfect. Yeah, yes, indeed. All right. Uh, let's see. Go Bucks and Cancer Sucks says Morbius will do better than Black Widow at the box office. I'll sell. Um, this I would have laughed at this question a week ago. But the the trailer for Morbius, which is a character most people don't know. I had to tell you who he was the other day when we talked about it first, exactly. right? But nobody knew who the Guardians of the Galaxy were either. I did, but, you know. I don't. I don't even know who the Eternals were. I still. I had to like research them, and that movie's coming out in November. Um. So, and I'm about as nerdy as you can get, and actually hold a full time job in an industry like this. And I didn't know who they were, you know, without being like totally socially awkward and looking at you like I got both eyes coming out of the same socket. And I didn't know who they were. All right. But that trailer, which made it very clear that it ties into the the MCU and the Spider-Man movies and the last scene of the trailer where Michael Keaton's vulture shows up. Um, the idea, see, remember when I told you guys all of last year and I said this to you in the audience, I didn't buy that, that Spider-Man was leaving the MCU ever. There's just too much money to be made. And the fact that in the first Morbius trailer, there's a reference to Tom Holland's Spider-Man directly. And then the villain, the first villain of the first Tom Holland Spider-Man movie shows up at the end of the trailer. Guys, they finished filming this movie like six, seven months ago. Okay. They knew this was coming all along. The I so the, they Tom Holland's Spider Man was never going to leave the MCU. This is if, if we're going to now join the Sony Spider Universe with the MCU, and Black Widow's already dead. I I don't think this is a lock. I think the curiosity factor of bringing in that Sony universe and linking it up with the MCU, especially because a lot. Of, Unless Marvel comes out with another trailer that shows that this prequel story is hinting at where the MCU is to go in the future. Because otherwise, which of these two movies, as it stands right now, has done more to hint where the MCU is going in the future? Black Widow or Morbius? Morbius. Morbius has. And I think there's far more interest in that than in a character that got killed off, albeit heroically, but is dead in the minds of fans. I think there's far more interest in that. So I'm going to buy... Just because I, I still think Black Widow earns more because Scarlett Johansson's a bankable star to some extent, but I I don't think it. I'm going to buy just because I don't think it's as automatic as it was a week or two ago. All right, uh, moving on. Scott Sweatman says Madonna's latest world tour will eventually end with a boombox playing her greatest hits, sitting next to a blow up doll. Ticket prices remaining the same. <laughs> Well, we are living, she's a material girl, and we're living in a material world. Um, That's her? Yes. Wow. And we're too old to be on La Isla Bonita anymore, and none of us can remember what it was like to be a virgin. So, um, sure, why not? Bye. Sal, there's no, there's no way she's going out like that. Diva to the end. You don't think that's not a diva act? No. That's that's more. That's, dude, you know you know how I feel about Mariah Carey. Okay, you know because you've told us. Yeah, the world knows. My wife knows. All right, 
Dude, she went out there and just brazenly lip synced. The machine broke and just kept up the act anyway, like how you like me now. That's, isn't this kind of a diva move? I'm just going out there, mailing it in, cashing the check. You're, and you're paying, see, to me, the diva, the diva move, this is why I said buy. What was the last line of his proposition there? Aaron, what was it? The ticket prices Remaining remain the same. The same. Mm-hmm. That's your diva move, man. That's the diva move. Yeah, you'll still pay 105 just to get nosebleeds to see this. That's a diva move. Okay, but I'm still... Okay. Well, I tried. Rev AG says Joe Burrow will be to the Cincinnati Bengals what Joe Montana was to the 49ers. Whoa, dude. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> I mean, let's... Come on, man. He won four Super Bowls. He, he, he is the... He was the unquestionable greatest quarterback in NFL history until we got into this era where the passing rules were made far more friendly. I mean, if look at how you couldn't stop Jerry Rice and even John Taylor and Dwight Clark. You couldn't stop them in the 80s back when Lester Hayes of the Oakland Raiders could literally prison date you all the way down the field. And people like, that's football. <laughs> All right. In an era where you could decapitate someone coming over the middle so that they never want to do it the rest of the game. And that's the era Montana played in. If if we had the if we had the rules we had today, where if we get past five yards, if you breathe on Jerry Rice, it's a it's a it's a PI. Can you only imagine what he would do? with those slant routes and those quick hitters that he would then take to the house, if he was able to get clean breaks off the line of scrimmage in his era, dude, you could, to borrow a phrase from an alleged Penn State lawsuit, you could Jerry Sandusky guys coming off the line of scrimmage when Joe Montana played. If, 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 you, if, you, if Jerry Rice got a free break off the line of scrimmage with Joe Montana's accuracy, I mean, we're talking 50 touchdown seasons, dude, like every season. So I think we got to slow our roll a little bit. And and here's the thing about Joe Burrow that would concern me. I like him a lot. I like him as a human being. I like his family. I like his story. Would, would, would bother me a little bit, though. And it is possible he's the quarterback, Barry Sanders. So Barry Sanders didn't do anything except return a couple of kickoffs for touchdowns as a, as a sophomore, backing up Thurman Thomas. Okay, nobody knew who he was. First game of the season, he takes the opening kickoff of the season back 99 yards for a touchdown. And they didn't count bowl stats back then, and, if you, and he only played 11 regular season games. If you counted his bowl stats in 11 games, he, he ran for nearly 3,000 yards. Or in 12 games, he ran for nearly 3,000 yards and 40 touchdowns. It's, it's, it's possible Joe Burrow is the quarterback Barry Sanders, meaning a guy that last year was just kind of pretty good. You know? He was on like no Heisman watch list going into this year. And now he's had the greatest single season any college quarterback has ever had. So you're either watching the quarterback Barry Sanders where he just, that happens sometimes once in a generation, or I'd be a little concerned about, you know, making that big of a leap in one year. And is that sustainable for a career? That being said, I'd make him my number one overall pick. I think he'll be very successful. But Joe Montana, brah, I I gotta I gotta put you in dude code timeout for that. Okay, I gotta sell hard.
hard. Yeah, well, that's that's what we did last year. Um, Trevor Lawrence was walking on water and healing the sick after that. I mean, it's everybody. This is what sports has done to men. With 24-7 sports, settle down. Settle down. More interesting than the future with Joe Burrow is the past. I get transferring out of Ohio State. You know that Scott Frost in Nebraska, that was where That's my point. to go and Frost told him, I don't think you're good enough to play here. That's where I forget that. Yeah. Oh, Nebraska turned the man down. College coaches screw this kind of stuff up all the time. That's the more interesting story to talk about. Agreed. Uh, Constantinos Rhoditis says LSU's overwhelming victory over Clemson wasn't because Clemson was overrated. Clemson is a superb football team. This is the proposition. LSU team is one of the best college football teams of all time. I think that's Bye. absolutely a buy. Yeah, I, I think when you look at it, at the very least, it, we just finished the 150th season. It's it's in the top 10. You're 15 and 0. You you know you look at the final AP poll. We were just talking about this during the break. They beat five of the top eight teams in the final AP poll. I mean, you look at the numbers they put up in in, in these playoff games, conference championship games, national championship game against the best of the best of the best. You know, you're talking about two receivers that had nearly 20 touchdowns and in 1,500 yards apiece. The first quarterback to throw for 60 touchdowns, almost 6,000 yards, completed almost 80 percent of his passes. Which means if you're throwing for 6,000 yards and completing 80% of your passes, you're not dinking and dunking like the old run and shoot, man. You're throwing the ball down the field. They had a 1,000-yard rusher in Clyde's Edward Hilaire, who also then had 50-plus catches. A lot of their defense this year, Michael Divinity uh, was gone and then came back. That's a guy who could be a first- or second-round draft pick. Clavon Chason, Grant Delpit was hurt. These are all guys that are going to be high draft picks. They got them all back in the playoff. And then you saw the difference because the story about LSU was, well, defensively, they're not as good this year. Well, then they got all these guys back and healthy in the playoff. You saw defensively now, they shut Jalen Hurts down. They held Trevor Lawrence without a touchdown pass. I mean, I, you know, when you look at the season they've had, at the very least, it's, it's, it's the, it's, you know, the, it's Miami 2001, Florida State 2013, um, uh, you know, USC 72. It's in, it's in the conversation with what are considered historically the greatest teams in, in the modern era. Very nice, Todd. I agree with all of that. It, it, you throw Ohio State into the mix. Uh, just a fantastic I mean, look what top the, three yeah. warring with each other. Ohio State's analytics were better than LSU's three weeks ago. Um, I mean, their analytics were were up there with Miami 01, Florida State 2013. So, and they didn't even make it to the game against LSU. So, uh, yes, absolutely. And I think um, if you're a fan of a team that's kind of in that pretty good range, you and I are fans of teams of that right now, probably Aaron is too to some extent. Let me give you some hope. LSU, for all of that in-state talent that it has, which is one of the best in-state talent bases in the country, and there's no Louisiana University to compete with, so they get the first pick every year from, from that high school crop. For all of that, the last seven seasons in a row prior to this year, LSU lost three or more games every single time. Seven years in a row. And yeah, they had a good run under Nick Saban and Les Miles for a couple of years, but only 10 times, in the, this is only the 11th time in the last 50 years that LSU didn't lose at least three games in a football season. So here's the moral to the story. If you have a transcendent quarterback, you can have special seasons. That's the moral to the story. 
And so if you're in that range of pretty good, like in Iowa or Wisconsin or in Michigan, you have to ask yourselves, how do we get, they don't have to have 6,000 yards and 60 touchdowns. Okay, that's, I, you couldn't do that against the computer on NCAA football on the easiest level for 15 games. You couldn't have 60 touchdowns and six interceptions. You couldn't do it. I've tried. You can't. But can, can if you have a great, if you have a, if you can get a hold of that special quarterback, you can have a special season. I think that's the lesson you take away from this year. I mean, LSU's best receiver guys was like the 800th ranked prospect in the country. Did you know that? No. Coming out of high school? Because we always hear, when, when, when they, like OBJ, when OBJ was there, he had 39 catches a senior year or something like that. Jarvis Landry had like 40 catches a senior year or there at LSU or junior year, his last year there. Jefferson, is it, it, I think, yeah, Jefferson, their best receiver this year, was like the 800th ranked prospect in high school coming out. So get the right quarterback. All right. I got a list for you. Oh, no. Okay. Got about seven minutes left here. The top 10 sci-fi movies of the 1980s as ranked by IMDb. You ready for this? Uh, this may have possibilities. Okay. okay. To uh, kill you. No, number 10, Star Trek IV, The Voyage Home. If that's number 10, this is going to be a strong list because that's a really good movie. So I'll buy for now. If that's number 10, this will be I a- I love Voyage th- Home. This, yeah. th- this, th- they may have nailed this one, so I'll buy that. Bye. All right. Uh, number nine, Star Trek Three: The Search for Spock. I've got to sell. If you're ranked, there's no way that movie's better than Star Trek Four. Come on. I'm a- my hope is now gone. I, w- I was totally invested. I thought finally someone Wait. doesn't have their head up their tuchus, and now you're telling me The Search for Spock is a better movie than The Voyage Home? No, it's not, guys. It's not a better movie. That's a terrible, you're terrible. You're already terrible at this. Sell. You're terrible at this. Sell. Sell. Todd? Um, I'll, I'll buy. You're fine. Let's just keep on. And this time it's Well, official. it's not like, it wasn't number that's such three. A, that's such a terrible take. It's number three, and I like The Voyage Home, but I mean, it's not, I don't have posters of it on my the wall. The movie is so. about, is, is, a, is, is basically sponsored by the Sierra Club, and it's about Save the Whales. And I think it's great. Okay, by, by then the it's way, great. Just uh, for your amusement, um, I've only seen two of the top ten here. Well, but uh, you weren't born. We'll hold go, that against you. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll go to number seven, RoboCop. We don't. We're not. We're skipping eight. Oh, whoops! Uh, number eight, <laughs> Star Trek Two: The Wrath of Khan. We're done. I, and, See, and I mean it. We're not finishing the list. That it ends here. Oh come on! No, no. If RoboCop yeah. is ahead of Star no, Trek Two: no. The Wrath of That's Khan, that's a dude code this violation. Is the, uh, no, the dude Wait. code violation was no. bringing this dumbass, deadass list to, into my no. into my mere presence. No. No. Okay, are you freaking yeah. kidding me? Who wrote this? Uh, IMDb. No name. Uh, there. Yeah, there's a username. It was ought to be imprisoned. Yeah. Perhaps sterilized. The, <laughs> RoboCop ahead of Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan. Yeah. Number Do s- you even sci-fi, bro? Number seven is... I'm a sell. Uh, I'm a sell on everything. Sell. Sell. Number sell. seven everything is, is a sell. RoboCop. Sell. Just Todd. bullet. Just, just sell. 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 Okay. Number six, sell. Five, uh, number sell. Number six, E.T., Four, the sell. extraterrestrial. Three, sell. Two, sell. Bo- is that a spy sell, sell or hold? Sell. E.T., if sell. there is... That's five? Uh, E.T. is six. Is there five better than E.T.? Wow. Uh, I've got to sell because I have a hard time believing that. Steve? <laughs> I'm out. I, I'm going okay. to update the website. Number, go number five is Predator. Better than E.T.? 
<laughs> so, and better than, uh, yeah, okay. But I'm enjoying myself. This is good. What do you think, Steve? <laughs> I'll take that as a buy. Number four is Aliens. Now, I can see here where that is going to be viewed by a lot of people as better than E.T. I'm, I can't do it. Hmm. So I'll, I'll sell. I'll sell. But okay. Uh, number three, Return of the Jedi. Uh, well, yeah. Bye. Yeah. Bye. I, uh, yeah. So we're now in Empire Strikes Back and something else. Yeah. Uh, so number two is Empire Strikes Back. Gosh, what's going to be better Steve? than Empire? This. You can't. <laughs> you can't even get the most obvious number one right. This is gonna be now. Fun. Now, now you're after sterilization. You should then be beaten. So what? Okay? What could it be? I, it, it, what could it be? It, got, I, number one is Blade Runner. So, so the mo- one of the, one of the most overrated. No it, doubt. No sci-fi. Thank you. It's not bad. Thank you. But it's like I don't get the geek out on this, and I think everybody in going to see the. And I never saw it. Did you ever see the second Blade Runner? The yeah, most... it's not that good. Well, I think everybody realized, like, I, I I, really talked myself into something that overall isn't that good. That's that's a bad take. It's not a surprising take, but it's a bad take. This, well, this, this, is, this really is the worst list we've had yet. Is it a sign of the apocalypse? It's the worst. And, 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 and I mean, it, it stands alone how bad it is. You can't even get the most obvious number you, one right. You didn't. Listen to your own mantra. Assume you're being lied to at the oh, you right at the end, you're like, oh, this could be good. No, you knew. You had to know. Well, hold on. Let's take assume you're being lied to to a different level. <laughs> Maybe the reason that Aaron couldn't give us who actually is the individual that came up with this list. Because it's him? Because it's, he it's did not, it. It's and this me. is his attempt. Although if it helped me off, if, which worked. Well, it's, it's not an attempt to retaliate against you making me watch an entire clip of Rudy Giuliani and Janine Pirro. <laughs> Uh, go back and forth yesterday, and I don't know why you would insinuate that. <laughs> but uh, if it but it you, is, but it makes you feel better. Uh, y- you can believe. You can believe that. That can be your truth. I love the lists. The lists complete me. I think people like the lists the most. See, the thing is, though, this it's not just bad. Like we can get a subjective opinion about bad and have you know vehement arguments about it. It's just, it's dumb. Like it's, it, it, it doesn't deserve oxygen. Like it shouldn't be allowed to live. Like we should let Governor Ralph Northam euthanize this list. Okay. Like this list is just well dumb. So along the lines of, uh, to me at best, Wrath of Khan could be third on this list. Empire and E.T. must be ahead of it to, I think that's the kind of argument you're talking about. I think yeah. you would argue against it, but I don't think you would say that's dumb. No, I wouldn't say that. I would argue against it, but yes. of course that's not dumb. I mean, E.T. is the highest grossing movie of the decade of the 1980s. So no, I wouldn't say that's dumb. But that's the point you're making. Yeah. So I understand. If you can't even get the obvious number one right, you know, I mean, I, 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 don't, I can't help you. you and and you're, you're probably, you know, a Bernie bro. We'll come back, have our good friend Daniel Horowitz take us inside politics here next. Stay tuned. Thank you.
Let's go inside politics with our weekly prophet of woe and lamentation. Joining us here on Blaze TV radio and podcast, our good friend Daniel Horowitz. Good again to see you, my friend. How you doing? We're doing all right, thank God. How are you, Steve? Could be a little better, but I could be a lot worse, if you know what I mean. All right, so last night we had our final event here in Iowa with uh, the candidates who everybody thinks still has a chance uh, on the stage together with the Iowa caucuses, the first official votes in the 2020 presidential election, 19 days away. And again, no Democrat has won the nomination without winning a contested Iowa caucus since 1988. That was Dick Gephardt won in Iowa. Michael Dukakis finished second and went on and won the nomination. So we've talked in the past about how Iowa, if you're not in the top three, you're almost never the Republican nominee. Um, and in, in the Democratic Party, if you don't win Iowa, you're almost never the Democratic nominee. That, may or, that trend may or may not hold this year, but at the very least, it, it's important in determining where the field goes from here. We gave our analysis from last night, and I kind of translated what I think Van Jones meant when he said he doesn't, he's he, he's dispirited after what he watched. I think what he what he's what he's saying is there's no alpha up here. There, there's no one that I think day to day over four to six months can go toe to toe with Donald Trump, let alone in three national debates with a hundred million people watching. I think it's become kind of a passive aggressive Lord of the Flies, where they're turning on each other, but they're not really bringing out the best in each other. They're they're bringing the worst in each other out simultaneously, and I think the only constant we have right now. I mean, you're not in Iowa, so you haven't seen these ads. The ads Joe Biden is running here are great, but I've told you before, ads don't win Iowa. They can help you, but they don't win it for you. But they're in total contrast, Daniel, to the way he looks live on stage. I mean, he looks like an 80-year-old man that looks like he's going to fall asleep in the middle of a conversation on the stage. That, and that's if he remembers his name, okay? So I think the one constant we have in this race that we know is going to happen is Bernie Sanders' base is going to show up. Beyond that, I don't know that we know um, anything else. I, I think this thing is even more fluid than it was when it started with 25 candidates. What are your thoughts, Daniel? Well, and it's also more fluid than I think even the GOP primary was when, let's face it, almost from beginning to end, Trump really was the front runner the entire time. So as I mentioned on your show last week, I do think it is very fluid given the demographic uh, polarization once you move away from the first two states. So who knows? I mean, it could, it could be really any of three candidates likely. Um, here's the deal. Someone once said even a tree trunk could defeat Donald Trump. The problem is they don't have a tree trunk running. They have, they have a real person mm -hmm. and a real radical person, but radical without any real talent. And I think Van Jones at least was one of the few to admit that, that you, you could have a talented radical leftist, but they, they don't have any. I mean, they just don't. Um, I think any Democrat will admit deep down that given Trump's vulnerabilities with suburban voters, uh, they're just blowing their chance. They don't have a candidate who relates to anyone in any way. Um, maybe some of the Joe Biden pseudo more reasonable ideology or perceived ideology, albeit without the um, dementia and other issues with him. So I think we're back to where we always were, which is it's not good for conservatives in the sense that Republicans constantly get to win on the cheap because Democrats are so crazy 
And then all the while we miss the point that they keep codifying the Democrats' agenda. Um, you know, just a minute ago before we got uh, got on the air, I mean, not to change the subject here, but I think it's related. A judge in Maryland who is like Elizabeth Warren and Bernie Sanders just said Trump can't allow Texas not to accept refugee resettlement. So even if Trump wins, no one has answered this question. What does a second term look like if the 60 vote threshold, we were told you can't do anything legislatively, executively, anytime one of the 700 district judges at any given time, even after it already went one round of litigation in the Supreme Court, says, screw you, Trump, that's God's word. I'm not sure what a second term looks like. Now, look, as we saw from the Soleimani killing, certainly when it comes to certain national security issues, I, I believe me, I want Trump to win and suppose the Democrats winning. But it what, what this dynamic with the left does is it ensures that we never have to fight for anything. It doesn't give us a kick in the pants. It's not that we're defeating them in ideas and, and changing hearts and minds. It's just the Democrats are imploding. And I think that's just going to continue this entire time, and it's going to continue the next couple of months as between the three of them, each one's going to have to compete with each other. You know, who believes a man is more like a woman and a woman is more like a man and further just turn off all but the hardcore 20 percent of their base. So if I'm right and they nominate Jeremy Corbyn, basically, and Bernie Sanders is the nominee. What's that do to the dynamic that you're talking about? So so first off, I just want to say, um, while I do think they are going to self-immolate at this point if nothing changes and that they're going to lose, just you brought in Jeremy Corbyn, the reference to, to England. I do think demographics – this is where demographics matter. I don't think it's possible for any Republican to win a victory of the magnitude that Boris Johnson Agreed. just won in the UK yeah, I, I just agree. simply because of demographics. I, so, I, I agree with that. I mean yeah. I think it's possible I, to But have, I, do think, I, I do think this. If they nominate him, we are going to truly find out what states are just impossible. There's no point in yeah. even competing there because those are going to be and, the only places he's going to win. We're going to find that out. And there, there, and, there are a lot of those. And there, I think there may be 10 to 15 of those. I think that's yeah, possible. There are a lot of those. And, and, and Republican uh, governors and Republican politicians are ensuring that over the next 10 years or so, there will be 51%, 270 electoral votes like that. But I digress. Um, what, what it will do is, I mean, look, you know what's going to happen. Um, you know, here's the deal. Let's start off with the Republicans. The Republican end, the conservative media end. Oh, my gosh, they threw everything imaginable more than anything against any president ever, and he still won. They'll be you know, dancing in the end zone for, for about a, two years after that. What are Democrats going to do? And this is the important thing because we only have one party. Democrats are, are the sun. The Republicans are the moon. Um, they, we, we, we go within their orbit. So, so what are Democrats going to do? They're not going to be, oh, man, we're done. There's nothing we can do. We can never win. Or the other option is they're not going to say, look, you know, we're done with this, this radicalism. We really need a party that could appeal to people. I mean, you might have a couple of statements saying that, no, no. What they are going to do is what they've always done is what they did the first um, term of Trump. But they're going to double down 
the second term and innovate as needed as they always do. And that means this. Heads we win, tails we win. They lost an election, but that doesn't matter. What they are going to do is use the levers of power to ensure that their policies continue on. Now, the most um, vivid example of this, as you all know, Steve, is the courts. Mm -hmm. They're going to take what they did with Trump. Remember, what did they do with Trump? Trump's going to be a Nazi on immigration, right? So what did they do? They did two things. They took judicial supremacism to a new level, and they took state neo-Confederate disobedience to a new level, tripling the number of sanctuary states. Now, let me, let me stop. I want to quantify yeah. for our audience what you mean by that. What, what Daniel is saying is we went from judicial supremacy where we would see handfuls of these universal injunctions in a given year, uh, where from one federal district court, we get now one of these a day, like the one you were just talking about in Maryland, uh, where one federal d district judge now believes he can essentially be a check and balance and stalemate uh, and shut down all national policy in all 50 states anytime he damn well pleases. Even when the U.S. Supreme Court has previously set a precedent that you can't do this, they just do whatever they want, total autonomy, and there's no recourse. And then on the other hand, you have states like California and many others that have just decided we're going to do sanctuary cities against federal law, policy, et cetera. And we're just going to do these whether you like it or not, screw you, and, and dare you to come after us for it. That's the neo-Confederate um, you know, uh, separatism that you're describing. And so they're working both ends now of the scam. Uh, and, and we and the Constitution are stuck in the middle of this, right? That's what you're describing? Exactly. And, and, and you could apply this to many other issues, but I'm going to use immigration as a case study. The result right now is we are worse off as a country on illegal immigration than under Obama. It's not to say Trump is worse than Obama. Of course, he's not, and he's tried to do some things. But it is to say this. When we have possession of the ball, Democrats blitz even you know, more aggressively, and they will do what they can to get done what they do. Now, you have to have a response to that. You can make better plays. Or you could stand there and get sacked. And what we have chosen to do is nothing on judicial supremacism and nothing on, on sanctuaries. So we have a result now where th – this is all over the news. I mean at least the ones that report on it. There was a 92-year-old woman in Queens, New York, lived through undoubtedly many trials and tribulations to live until 92 years old. Um, she was beloved in her community. She was raped at 92 and murdered by an illegal alien who three weeks prior in November was arrested on assault and firearms charges, by the way, in gun-free New York City. And ICE put on a detainer, and they said, screw you, let him go. ICE didn't catch him in time, murdered the woman. I mean, they are winning. They are getting better results on immigration because of those innovations, and we're not responding to that. So a second term is going to be even more. So what they're going to do, and I promise you they will do this, the top thing that's going to be talked about is what? The Supreme Court. Mm -hmm. It will become clear, even if it, I mean, theoretically it's possible Ruth Bader Ginsburg or Breyer could, could last another four years, but the perception will be that Trump's got it. So they will just openly say, and they're basically doing this, but they'll openly say um, the Supreme Court is no longer a legitimate organ. It's it's a certain equilibrium has been breached, and Trump's just just packing it. So um, we're we're going to check it in any way possible, and they're just going to take it to the next level, and they'll do what they want. They'll do what they want in the states they have. They'll do what they want in the um, courts that they have, and they'll get the 
90% of Republican governors to go along with whatever garbage they want. And they'll get Republicans in Congress to support the next iteration of criminal justice reform. I mean, I'm just telling you, Steve, there's no end to this because at the end of the day, our side demands talking points while the other side demands results and outcomes. So with such an election, we will have gotten our talking point, a very juicy talking point. We reelected Donald Trump despite everything, and they will get their results. How do we change that paradigm? Elect people who actually uh, share our values. I mean, we don't we don't you, you have to have men on the field. In, in other words, Steve, how do you um stop uh, offensive linemen from like handing the ball to the to the you know, to, to the tackles, the defensive linemen. I mean, how do you, well, I, I mean, mean, how do you, you stop people, your offensive linemen from handing the ball to the other team is you, what you you're saying. People yeah. who won't do that. I mean, like, I, I don't know what to tell you. I mean, l- l- let me just say this right now on Twitter, New York is, um, battling with ice. Now they're saying it's not true. You didn't issue a detainer and ice, um, produced the document and posted it on Twitter. And I found that very interesting. I was like, Typically, I thought they were very proud about it. They would just say, screw you. I don't believe in it. Now they feel they have to lie. Like, oh, we didn't get a detainer. You see how toxic that issue is. Why is there no effort to have a budget fight on it, for to cut off funding to them, to relentlessly run on this, run on jailbreak, run on, I mean, these crazy things going on in New York. They're give me's, the jailbreaks and the criminal alien stuff. They, 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 the, the political ads write themselves. It's not that hard. Um, that's how you do it. You defeat them with the ideas. And then when your ideas are strong enough, then it's obvious that if a district judge says, hey, um, there's a right to immigrate, uh, a, a, a man is a female, you have to cut someone's balls off literally in an Idaho prison and have taxpayers fund it, um, you know, or a state says, hey, I'm harboring other countries' gang members and murderers you will be able to do what it takes to fight it and you'll win with the people. The people will understand it. But you need a party that believes in it, cares about it, and is oriented towards those results. Not the day-to-day talking points and reactionary responses to whatever a Democrat said on cable news. And I just, Steve, I I don't see us breaking so what that I hear, cycle. What I hear you saying is Fox News needs to go away. Well, Fox News needs to go away, and all these other people that that mimic them need because, to I mean, go they're, away. Because they, they are the they're the first order, if you will, of the paradigm that you're talking about. I mean, they, well, the they, Republican they, Party yeah. needs to go away. I mean, it's that it's that simple. And and again, I'm not even saying Trump. I think if you had Trump with another party, we would get really good results. I mean, again, Trump wanted to shut down the refugee scam, which is a big scam. Every governor except for Greg Abbott is like, I mean, Asa Hutchinson, the governor of Arkansas, he wrote a whole screed about how amazing these people are, how industrious they are, and then they write articles of how much poverty there is and whatever. But, um, you know, it's not just Fox News. It's the donor class, too. I mean, that's who owns them. Steve, how do you get new party donors? These donors are willing to destroy the country to get cheap labor. Sure, that's why Asa Hutchinson's doing it. Walmart... And Tyson Chicken needs more employee needs more cheap labor. That that's why they're doing it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, I I, I wrote an article on Amarillo, Texas, 
Amarillo, Texas had such transformation of Somali clans, Congolese gangs fighting each other, um, languages spoken in the school, that a refugee resettlement contractor, Nancy Coons, wrote an article in the Amarillo paper a couple years ago saying, dude, this is go- going too quick. We got to slow this down. Um, but the meatpacking industry in the area wanted them. So culture doesn't matter. Cohesion doesn't matter. Security and sovereignty don't matter. Constitutional checks and balances don't matter. It's the bottom line of donors, and they're bipartisan. Mm-hmm. I mean— But you know what, though? For a lot of our movement, they're the same way. Getting on Fox matters. Getting clicks matters. It's driven by materialism. I, I mean, that's— yep. I mean, that's the difference. We, we are aligned— we are aligned and driven and on our side with people driven and, and idea, ideologies driven by materialism. And, and, and theirs, theirs is driven in a theological sense by materialism as well, but it's with, the, it's with the purpose of not materialism for materialism's sake, but materialism for the point of getting power and control so they can do the stuff they really believe in. That's, that's the issue. You, you, we continue to be uh, against people that believe more in what they believe than we do. So always good to see you, my friend. Take care. We'll talk Take to you next care. week. God no. bless. Todd, Aaron, you have any thoughts on what we just heard from Daniel Horowitz? Uh, you want to do your rock? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Right. That, yeah. That. Um, it's remarkable. Uh, w- when Daniel talks, how much you have ears to hear and eyes to see that our fundamental issues have so little to do with the stuff we babble, not we here on the show, but the, the collective hive mind babbles on about on a regular uh, basis. The one thing, like how when you said, how do you break it? Mm-hmm. You basically need, I mean, the, the various states are supposed to be these ex, you know, experiments in democracy. We lost one with uh, current vice president's leadership in Indiana with RIFRA. But let's, I, I don't know if he's the new, you, I, he comes to mind because you actually said um, bravo to something DeSantis did today. I don't even remember what it was. Yeah, he's fighting the but, donor class to get E-Verify in Florida. So far, he seems... E-Verify that the yeah. business owner who's a GOP donor in Iowa a couple of years ago when the young woman was killed by the illegal alien, and he worked for that guy, and he didn't have E-Verify, right? That's what DeSantis is trying to get done in the state of Florida. Well, right so now. far in his time there, he seems legit. And if his, in a state like for, Florida, if his leadership continues to drive point on any number of issues in a way that just cannot be ignored on a national level, mm-hmm. and Trump and everybody is basically forced to follow, I think there's hope. But that's... I Putting all that faith in like one man to continue to drive point, I think we've all learned that lesson over and over again. That's a rough bet. This is, and this is Daniel's lament: is that the, is he's pointing out the left is acting as if they are aware the consequences of these actions politically are toxic, but then there's no alternative counter movement to hold them accountable beyond winning an election. Okay, well then after you win, what policies do we do so that this doesn't happen anymore? Right. Right. Yeah. That's going to do it for today. We're going to stick around and do some overtime for our Blaze TV subscribers. For the rest of you, have a great day. We'll see you again tomorrow. Until then. John 317. This is Steve Dace on the Blaze Radio Network.